Today on the Heartland Community Church Podcast, lead pastor Eric Parks shows how the darkness of Saturday after Good Friday is replaced by the brilliant light of Resurrection Sunday. Dark skies, a torn veil, a battered body, and a bleeding cross. That's all I see now. I am at the end of my rope. I have nothing left. You were all I had. You were the miracle, but now where is yours? Where was your fight? You could have changed the ending. You could have changed my ending. With one word, you could have called down heaven, yet you remained silent. You were my voice, my hope. You gave me the courage to believe in the unbelievable, but now consumed in the darkness, surrounded by silence. There is nothing left to dream. All of my dreams died with you. Saturday. You know, very little is said in the Gospels about what went on on Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So sometimes known as Holy Saturday. You know, really, none of the Gospels record much of anything that happened on that Saturday. But I've been thinking a lot about Saturday from the disciples' perspective. You know, most of the time when we think about our Saturdays, we think about lazy days, um, sitting around on the couch, mowing the lawn, doing the things that we can't otherwise do. But as I thought about Saturday, between Friday and Sunday for the disciples, I can promise you that wasn't what was going on. You know, unlike the hosannas of Palm Sunday and the glory of Easter day that we yearn for, this day in Holy Week, Saturday, speaks most directly to the realities of our lives. Because for the disciples, my guess is, Saturday was the darkest day of their lives. You ever, you ever experienced darkness? Like really experienced darkness, like walked into a room and had all the lights turned down or have you ever stumbled into a space and there's no light? Doesn't it change everything that you experience about the space? Like even if it's a familiar space, as soon as you turn down the lights, doesn't everything seem to change? Some years ago, I was invited on a trip over to India and our host had decided that after dinner, he was gonna take us to the, this space that was like ancient temples. They were sort of ruins. Well, as we got close to the park, which I was very unfamiliar with, it became pretty clear that on the perimeter of the park, there was plenty of light. But as you walked into these ruins, there was none. And our host had said, hey, as we're walking through here, you probably want to stay close to us. And I was like, okay, okay, well, why? He goes, oh, you know, sometimes it can be unsafe. And, you know, sometimes, especially for travelers and foreigners, it's not particularly safe. And I thought, 
then why in the world are we walking in here? And why are we walking in at night? And I'm telling you, for the next 20 minutes, as he walked us through these temples and these ruins, because it was dark, every little movement, every little, like, noise, every little shadow, my, my brain was on high alert. I was just watching. I didn't experience anything about the temples. I was excited to get out. I just wanted to be done. I was afraid I was going to get robbed, like every little movement. Probably it wasn't a, a, a little noise or a rock. It might be some sort of lizard or spider or scorpion. I didn't know everything about the darkness changed what was for so many people who come to India, a place of wonder turned into a place of fear just because of light, just because there was no light. I think about Saturday and I think about the darkness that must have descended on the disciples. Obviously, there was sunlight on Saturday, but man, there was such darkness in terms of their life and what was next and what this meant. Have you ever experienced darkness in your life like a Saturday? You know, the loss of someone dear to you where you wake up on a Saturday and you think, how'd that happen? the darkness of a terrifying diagnosis, the darkness of not knowing what's next, the paycheck. See, it seems to me that Saturday, the darkness of Saturday for the disciples, it really is something that all of us have experienced. And this is what I know to be true about the darkness that descends on Saturdays that two things tend to be very, very prevalent in darkness. Two little deceptions, things that sometimes we're not even aware of, but this is what I know about the darkness of a Saturday. Number one is that our mind tends to play tricks on us in the darkness. Just like me wandering through that little like ruin, this place that tourists from all over the world traveled and took pictures of in the day, brilliant, at night, absolutely terrifying. It's the same space, nothing changed. And yet my brain was playing tricks, every shadow, every sound. And isn't that true in our lives with darkness? That our minds tend to play tricks on us on Saturday, in the darkness of Saturday. We, we, we see things that aren't there. We hear things louder than they really are begin to convince ourselves that unreal things are now real. You see, sometimes on the darkness and in the darkness of Saturdays, our minds, they will play tricks on us. And it will tell you, you're no good and you can't get out. And this day, this day will last forever. When you're in the darkness of a Saturday and everything has been crushed on Friday, the temptation is for every single one of us to believe, to think, this will never end. 
See, our mind does play tricks on us because darkness seems like it's forever. You can be in the smallest space, and if it's pitch black, it seems like it extends into infinity. Even if on the other side of a door, on the other turn of a corner, there's light, if it's not in that space, it makes us believe that this thing, this space, this darkness, it's never gonna end. And I gotta believe that on that Saturday, those disciples sat around and they thought, this thing is over. There's no hope. Like, this darkness is gonna extend forever. This rabbi that we followed, all these things that he said, it's done. Darkness, the darkness of Saturday, sometimes our minds, our minds play tricks on us. And because of that, you know what the darkness of Saturday often does? It begins to seed doubt into our lives. So much doubt that so often in the darkness of Saturdays, we're just paralyzed. You know, it's interesting because if you go to Matthew chapter 27 and you look at who actually believed what Jesus said about resurrections, it wasn't the disciples. This is what it says. It says, the next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered with Pilate. And they said, sir, remember how that imposter, they went, you know, Jesus is an imposter, but but remember he he said after three days he's going to rise? You know who actually believed that they ought to do something just in case? It wasn't the disciples. The disciples were petrified. It was the the priest. It was Pilate. They were the ones who actually went into action. They're the ones who sealed up the grave. They're the ones who did the work. Because in the darkness of Saturday, when everything's been crushed, when, when we've seen everything that we believe to be true die, Oftentimes, those seeds of doubt just make us, it freezes us, it paralyzes. This is what the darkness of Saturday does. It did with the disciples. They just froze. They didn't know what to do. Maybe none of the things that he said was true. Because you you could see the disciples on that Saturday, the darkness of Saturday going, well, now what do we do? What do we do? The dream's over, now what? The tomb's closed up, now what do we do? The stone's been rolled in front of that grave. What do we do? The darkness of Saturday, it's real. It can cause us to play tricks on ourselves. It can see doubt in us that causes inaction. But this is what I want to tell you about Saturday and darkness. There's an ancient hymn that monks used to sing about darkness, a reminder of what actually does happen in the dark. And it goes something like this. It reminds us that, God, when you brought our ancestors, the children of Israel, out of bondage, it was in the night. When all who believe in Christ are delivered from the gloom of sin, we are restored to grace and the holiness of life that happened in the night. And how blessed is the night 
when earth and heaven are joined and we are reconciled to God. Isaiah 55 says, anyone who thirsts for hope and for joy and for light, for reconciliation, those who thirst, there will come waters, they will. And that though we find ourselves now in the darkness, take heart. Because it is in the night, in the darkness of Saturday, that so much of the unseen work gets done. See, if you find yourself in the darkness of Saturday, like the disciples found themselves, we have to remind ourselves that Saturdays come But in the same way, Saturdays do go. Despite the heaviness of midnight, I still rose before the sun this morning, ready to embrace the new reality that you were gone. I put on my walking shoes to journey back to where I left you, my final farewell, heartbeat racing, Heaviness in each step, closer and closer, but then I see that the stone had been removed. Suddenly, I am frozen by uncertainty. Did I give up too soon? Could your promises have been true? The tomb is empty, but should I believe? Or is this just another nightmare? I made my peace. I gave up hope. My heart grew cold as I grieved for you, and now you're gone again? An all too familiar feeling. Where do I go from here? To grieve again or to hope again? Both equal risks for this fragile heart round and around this roundabout of doubt. Is this all that's left for me? So on Friday, we know this. Jesus is arrested. He's tried. He's found guilty of claiming to be king. His body was then hung on a cross between two thieves. And after his death, Jesus' body, it was wrapped in linen. And then it was placed in a tomb. This all happened on Friday. Saturday, the disciples did very little but panic. They sat in the darkness of this reality maybe everything they believed to be true was over, right? That all of it was done. They, they sat and we can only imagine what the conversation was, but based on the little that we know about that day, but all that we do know about those disciples, the truth is they probably did what most of us did do in dark moments. We wring our hands and we worry and we wonder. And so on that Saturday, the disciples, they... They worried and wondered. So much so that they didn't send, they didn't go to the tomb. They were petrified, worried that maybe they were next. They, next morning on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary, they went to the tomb. And in John chapter 20, this is how it reads. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, and they saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So, She ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciples. 
the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciples, and they were going toward the tomb, both of them running together. But the other disciples outran Peter, and they reached the tomb first. You know, I read this and thought something interesting about this passage, about what Saturdays do when Sundays come. You know, the darkness of Saturday, so often when we walk through darkness, we don't always walk through darkness well. I mean, the disciples didn't. They were absolutely petrified and inactive. And for all of us, when we find ourselves in Saturdays, too often when the next morning breaks, when Sunday comes, we're a little bit hesitant to move toward the light because we know we didn't do this very well, right? Sometimes there's a temptation to look back at how we handled Saturday and how we handled Friday and be worried that maybe what's happening on Sunday won't be for us. Look at what Peter does. We, you think that it's an accident that the other disciple outran Peter? You think it's a little bit of an accident that Peter sort of, maybe I can sort of see him jogging to the tomb? You think he wants to see Jesus? Remember what he did on Friday. Remember he was inactive on Saturday. Here's a guy who looks back at his moment of truth and he knows he succumbed to his mind playing tricks on him because that next morning, the light is coming up and the reality of the landscape is beginning to change and there's a little bit of, you can see it in Peter, that maybe I don't want to be the first to see Jesus. Maybe I don't want to be out in front. Maybe I'll let that other disciple get out there, see what's going on because I didn't do this very well. Like Friday and Saturday for me, I didn't handle this very well. I didn't walk through this very well. And I think too often, as we look at Resurrection Sunday, for some of us who've walked through the darkness of Saturday, we wonder, is Resurrection Sunday for me? Because I didn't do that stuff all that well. I didn't handle darkness all that great. I, I had lots of doubt. I stopped believing. I cursed God. I was frustrated. I burned bridges. I was angry. I was scared. I was hurt. I didn't believe. I washed my hands of all of this, and my heart grew cold. So many of us in the darkness, we failed or feel like we did. And I think too often, Too often, we let the darkness of Saturday determine whether we're going to participate in the resurrection light on Sunday. Look, Fridays happen, Saturdays happen. But you know, so often I think when we talk to each other, we use little phrases. Phrases that sometimes I think are absolutely silly. Like, it's always darkest right before the dawn. That, that's the silliest statement I've ever heard. It's not always, it's not darkest before the dawn. It's darkest at midnight, like in the middle of the night. 
as you get closer to the morning, light starts to trickle in. That's the silliest statement. And so often, like we wonder about darkness, will it creep over and when is dawn coming? And then the dawn comes and we're like, oh, you know, I, I live too much in the darkness. I succumb to the darkness and maybe I'm never really gonna be able to live in the resurrection light of Sunday. But let me tell you a saying that I don't think is silly. It's Lamentations 3, 22 that says this, the faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness and his mercies. You see where they begin? Each morning. You see, Heartland, Sunday is for you. Oh, I don't know. You, you may have had plenty of doubt. Your mind has played plenty of tricks. His life was given for you. And in the darkness, he began to do the work so that you could live in the light. Look, you're not disqualified because of your unbelief or because you failed on Saturday. Welcome to being a human being. If your journey through the darkness hasn't been done well, let me tell you, Sunday's for you. Jesus is inviting you to come into the light. Those that have experienced the darkness of Saturday, those that have failed, those that have sat in unbelief, those that have done it well, those who have done it poorly, the light of Sunday, it's for us. This is what makes grace so amazing. Is regardless of what it looked like for you on Friday, whether you were Peter, whether you, your life looked like a guard who crucified Jesus, whether you were faithful, whatever it looked like, into Saturday to Sunday, it doesn't matter. His grace is sufficient for you. See, Sunday and the light of Sunday, this is why we celebrate. Because it is in the morning that the sun comes up. It is in the morning that darkness begins to retreat. It is in the morning that I came back the next day to that beautiful ruined site in India and I saw the reality of what it was. When we pulled around the corner in the car and we revisited, my guide said to me, I knew you were petrified last night. We just have to see it in the daylight. And everything about that space looked different. That nothing had changed. There wasn't a stone that had rolled out of the way. There was nothing about the space that was different. And yet everything was different. This is the power of Sunday. The light of Sunday. And what I say to you is don't let the darkness of Saturday creep in to Sunday. It's there. The light is there and it's for you. If you don't know Jesus, his resurrection was for you. See, Jesus did this work in the darkness so that you could walk in light, so that you could be forgiven regardless of your past. 
He did the work so that you could walk in freedom. He broke the chains of death, hell, and the grave for you. And the best part of this is this. The just like Saturday came, so Sunday will come. And if you don't know the light of Sunday, the power of the resurrection in your life, you can, like this Easter, like wherever you're at, sitting right there in that coffee shop or in your home, it's as simple as confessing with your sins that, God, I haven't done this quite well, and asking him, inviting him into your life to walk with you. And let me say that walking in the light isn't always easy. We oftentimes will look back to those moments in, your, in, in our life and we make mistakes, but the reality is the greatest promise in scripture is that this one who conquered the night, this one, he did it for you, that he'll walk with you. So maybe this Easter, this is your Easter to truly walk into the light of Sunday. You've been listening to the Easter service at Heartland with lead pastor Eric Parks. You can experience the video this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.